the word of the day today is technology. We're actually going to be talking a little bit about technology, kind of joined with uh, last week's last week's message um, about rest. I really felt like our church needed to hear a message on rest, and. Last week, I wanted to talk a bunch about technology because so much of technology is what's actually draining us and stuff. But I had to split them because there's just too much to talk about. Does that make sense? So I'm kind of focusing in a little bit on technology today. Um, the good, the bad, the ugly of it, kind of, you might say. And, um, and the text that I want us to be looking at is actually in Genesis chapter 11. So if you have your Bibles, open up to Genesis 11. If you don't have a Bible and you need a Bible, uh, we have uh, free Bibles in the back. That's our gift to you if you need a Bible. Uh, we, we love hooking people up with the Word of God. And uh, those of you watching online, you can grab your Bible or we also are going to have it on the screen as well. So Genesis chapter 11. This is the story of uh, the Tower of Babel. As I was thinking about it, I think this is the only text that I've ever preached twice at our church. I've preached this before. Uh, I remember I called it something like the Tech Tower, even. And, I, I mean, I've brought other scriptures up, right, m multiple times and stuff like that, John 3, 16 or whatever you might say, right? But I think this is the only text I've ever really, like, brought up for the second time already as our church. I could be wrong on that, but that's what I'm kind of remembering, which is fascinating because I would have never thought this would be the text that I would say that of, right? Uh, the Tower of Babel. Let's just read this, and then we're going to watch a little video, or kind of listen to a little video, and then uh, we're going to get into the message. So here it, is, here it is, Genesis chapter 11. So, like, the context here is, like, there was a big flood that happened, okay? Noah's Ark, that whole thing, that whole story took place, and now the people of God are kind of growing. There's even, or the, the people on the planet now, are, there's even more and more people again. And then kind of this story of the Tower of Babel starts out. Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. And as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. There's kind of that technology piece. That's what I'm going to zero in on a little bit. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of man had built. And the Lord said, behold, they are one people. They have all one language and this is only the beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and there confuse their language so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them from there over the face of all the earth and they left off building the city. Therefore, its name was called Babel because there the Lord confused the languages of all the earth. And from there, the Lord dispersed them over the face of all the earth. This is the word of the Lord. What is impossible? Nothing. Anything is possible. We see people come from nothing every day. We see people start off with nothing in their pockets, but before they die, they had a world. It's because they can see what they wanted a long time ago. If you can think it inside your brain, it can come to life. 
if someone else has achieved it before, you can too. And I guarantee you, whatever you seek, there will be a reference of someone achieving it somewhere on this great planet. Find the story, model them, and then better them. It matters not the color of your skin. It matters not where you were born. It matters not the limits of your friends and family. The only thing that matters is you and what you believe is possible. Make sure the answer is anything. Anything is possible, but only if that is what you believe. See, if you're the type that says no, anything is impossible. That will also be your reality. If you believe there are limits to what you can achieve based on excuses you put down, like your limited opportunity, like where you live, like lack of funds, well, those limits become your reality because you won't even attempt something outside of your limited mindset. The one that believes in anything is possible will try anything, will attempt greatness, will risk everything to be anything but average. And even if they miss the target, they will be far ahead of the one that never tries. When you believe in yourself, anything is possible. So many have risen from nothing to something, from hopeless to greatness, from no resources, built a legacy. If they can do it, you can too, but only if you believe. Well, what do you think of that? Uh, don't raise your hand if you thought that was good. But I definitely am trying to trick you a little bit. Because I'd say a lot of that is kind of a bunch of donkey dung. See, our series, <clears throat> our series is Worldly Wisdom. That's what we're calling this series. And we're responding to the things that we're seeing in our world. We're responding to some of the things that we are fed on a regular basis from our culture, from the things we hear, from the things we listen to. I have no idea who this is. I have no idea what that is. I don't even fully get it, okay, exactly, other than it's kind of a motivational, right, kind of thing. And don't get me wrong. <clears throat> don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with some nice motivational thinking or positive thinking or anything like that. I've said probably some of those very same things to my, my kids, right? Uh, you know, whatever. But what are the deeper truths that might be kind of there that we got to kind of flush out because the, 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 the phrase today that I want to respond to is this idea that anything is possible. You ever hear that? Anything is possible. I've heard that. I think we've all heard that. I'm trying to pick phrases and thoughts and billboards that we see or we hear on a regular basis. And I think that's one of the things we see and we hear on a regular basis. Anything is possible. Is that true? See, we've got to think some of this through a little bit. Because it's, you know, again, it's fine to say to your kids or something, anything is possible. Okay, that's fine. That's not necessarily harmful or so bad. But now if we're speaking that in this deepest of truths kind of way, 
What are we actually saying? See, some of this is coming out of, uh, you know, if you just kind of study a little bit of history, you're looking at things like, you know, I, I was thinking of like the, the Gutenberg press, the invention of the, the printing press. And then out of that, you know, maybe you have like the industrial revolution that's taking place. Uh, what, in like Great Britain, I think, is where the industrial revolution kind of takes place and, and kind of stems from there. And then you begin to move into the context of like modernity. And modernity is kind of this time where, where you know, things are coming together and every, the humanity is beginning to focus on positive things and, and is really optimistic that we can accomplish anything and we we can do anything, and, 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 and inventions are happening, and, all, and it's kind of coinciding with the Industrial Revolution, and all this kind of stuff's happening. And then, and then you know, it depends on how you study it, because uh, some people might say it, you know, it ends in different places, but I like to think of like World War I and World War II being things that just shaped our world, right? Of course. And it kind of put a slam on this super optimistic idea that we're just going to, as humanity, arrive and we're going to make it. And then coming, and, and then you got literally the whole world fighting against each other, and people are just dying everywhere. And it's like, holy smokes, maybe actually there's always going to be some crazy lunatic dictator person who's got a finger on the red button, right? Maybe that's just always going to be the case. Maybe, maybe it's a bigger problem. Maybe it's not. Maybe we can't be so optimistic. And so then you start moving into postmodernism, which you know, starting to coincide with some of the philosophies of individualism and such. And so now you get to kind of decide in your from a, a, a in, 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 an individual's kind of basis. You get to kind of say, well, you know, I'm not going. I'm going to kind of resist all knowledge and, and and people that just say this is truth and stuff like that. And so we get to start to kind of pick and choose. We're a little bit more pessimistic. And then you might even have some people say and argue that we live now in a post-postmodern world. I've heard some of that kind of thinking that's out there. I don't know. I don't know exactly all that stuff. But what's fascinating to me is now this idea of like anything is possible. What I find fascinating can be both a pessimistic kind of thought or an optimistic thought. Obviously, this kind of video is more of an optimistic kind of encouragement to drive us to, to succeed and do better and, and put a plan together. Actually, the video goes on and it's all about like putting a better plan together and beating other people. All this, it's just fascinating. Anything is possible. The other day I was walking through Walmart. I saw, I mean, I literally took a picture. This is my picture. Uh, a Barbie, right? A Barbie, you can, what is, what, what I got a picture of there? Yeah, Barbie, you can be anything. That's, I just kind of find that fascinating. Again, that's not necessarily bad or so harmful or so wrong or something on the kind of the surface level. I, yeah, I tell my girls, girls, you can do, you want to be a lawyer? You want to be, yeah, you can do that stuff, right? But what are these? I, I took that picture. That's right here, Wolfport Walmart, right? It's on Barbie stuff. You can do anything. You can be anything. Today what I want to talk about is I just want to talk a little bit about technology. I want to talk about technology and how three, really my three points are this. Technology is a great thing. Technology is a great thing. Second point is going to be technology without humanity's humility is oftentimes disastrous. And the third thing is that technology will never be able to satisfy uh, humanity's biggest needs. Okay. So the first thing, technology is a good thing. Technology is great, right? Technology's the bomb diggity. I mean, invent, I, I got into my car this morning. I, I literally started sweating. This Wisconsin boy started sweating, moving from my house to my car. I get in my car, I turn it on, AC, max. You know, I'm just kidding. I don't matter. 
maxing out, AC blowing. That's a great technology. I'm so thankful for that. That's the best thing in the world. The zipper on my pants. The zipper that helps me get my pants on and off. That's a great technology advancement, right? The computer that I'm on almost every day. That's fantastic. I'm able to get stuff done way faster. Printers, boom, 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 zip that. All sorts of technology that's out there. That's a great thing. What a blessing, right? I love technology. The chair you're sitting on that can fold up and be a little lighter so you can you know, put a hundred of them into a little, into a back of a pickup truck. Technology. The newspaper, technology. The iPad, technology. Technology is a fantastic thing. One of my favorite and I think one of the biggest technological advancements in the past 10 years is this guy right here. The, the, uh, the yeah, right here. The beefy five layer burrito <laughs> from Taco Bell. I think that's one of the biggest technological advancements. I think the beefy five layer came out in 2010 and I can't think of anything greater than that that's come out the past 11 years. So I love the beefy five layer from, uh, now it went up a lot from 89 cents to now like whatever it is, two something. What a joke. But you know, we'll get there, we'll get there. So I love the beefy five layer. I love the fact that I can reach, you know, my phone here. I just have access to so much stuff with my iPhone, right? I love that. Technology is not a bad thing in and of itself. Right? And we all know that to be true. We all would say that. That's why I'm not going to harp on this idea. But I did feel like it's important that we kind of start there because I think sometimes we can actually start harping on like technology is the problem or something like that. Well, no, technology is everywhere. You're wearing technology. You drove here in technology. You live in technology. Technology is all over the place. The fact that we're able to worship online with some of you who are on vacation or some of you who uh, maybe, maybe uh, are in a different state and you've kind of found through, pan, uh, through the pandemic, through, uh, through that, you found a church home that we're able to worship with you and connect with you. What a blessing technology is. It's fantastic. Now we're able to do that with cameras and sound and yeah, it's great. It's fantastic. A nice, cool AC this morning. Or my TV, I love watching movies. Movies, aren't you glad you can watch, you know, the Avengers or something like cool? I love that. You know, technology is not this terrible thing or something like that. Um, in fact, Genesis 2.15, God actually says, I'd even go so far as to say technology is part of how God's wired us up to be. Um, now, you got to kind of think about this a little bit, but Genesis 2.15 simply says, God takes Adam, he puts him in the garden to work it and to keep it to work it and to keep it. Mankind pre-fall, before we fall, the fall into sin, is, is it's okay. Adam was to work creation. Now that's both like at the plant level and taking care of it, sure. But could it also include technological advancements and stuff? Sure, why not? Keep it, take care of it, work with it. Technology connected to... A, us being created by God and, and that relationship that we have with him, technology is a great thing. This is why Christians and non-Christians, atheists, agnostic skeptics, believers in Jesus, everybody can add to technological advancements because we've been created by God and it's even woven into the very fabric of creation, this idea of, of being able to make things better and 
create and work with. That's fantastic. That's a good thing. Technology is not in and of itself bad. Here's my second point. I'm just going to keep moving because this is really where I want to get. Technology without humanity's humility. Technology without humility is what's oftentimes disastrous. Uh, here's the Tower of Babel, right? The advancement going on here. You have, you have the, t- the people saying, we can now make, we don't have to take rocks and carry big boulders over and lay them down and make a wall and a fort and, and put, you know, rocks together. So we can actually make little rectangular bricks. And so with this technological advance, kind of, they start looking at this and like, we could do anything. It's kind of like me with my nail gun and two by fours. I feel like I can build anything. That's how I feel with the two by, you know, just if you gave me unlimited two by fours and unlimited nails for my nail gun, I just feel like I can do it all. I can do anything I want. I just love that. I'm not a finisher. I don't like staining anything. I hate sanding. I want my nail gun and two by fours. You know what I mean? But that's how they're starting to think here. They're like, man, we could do a lot with this. We could make some stuff happen. Now, is, is making a brick a bad thing? I live in a house that's got brick. A lot of you live in houses with bricks. It keeps us a little cooler, I think. I don't understand exactly why there's so many brick houses down here and stuff, but I think it's keeping cooler. And Yeah, yeah that's great. That's not bad. But what's their heart? What starts to happen here? Look at verse 5 and 6 here. Look at verse 5. The Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of man had built. And the Lord said, Behold, they're one people. They have all one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. Nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. The way in which they're going to be able to sin, the way in which they're going to be able to, 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 to flip me the bird, it's going to be endless what could happen. And God had an issue with the heart. God had an issue with the heart. Because mankind here is beginning to lose its humility. It's beginning to leave its relationship with God. And it's beginning to focus in on this idea that anything is possible. I can do anything. We can do anything. We can do anything. I can be anybody. Really? Really? We've got to be thinking about some of this stuff. We've got to think about you know, how it shapes us, how it molds us, how we shape our kids with some of these ideas, how we, how we think about it and, 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 and teach these things. You know, Genesis chapter 9, verse 1, if you look at that, God actually says to them, God says to them, I want you to be fruitful and multiply. This Tower of Babel situation is a direct rebellion against God's command here to do that. They're like, no, no, we're not going to be, we're not going to multiply. We're not going to go out and, and, and leave. We're going to come together. We're going to come together and working together, we're going to be able to do anything. We're going to take this technological advancement and we're going to run with it as far as we can. We're going to flip God the biggest bird we can. We're just going to go, baby. And I just wonder if we're not doing the same stuff today. 
as we begin to interact with technology and advancements and stuff, we start to think, man, we could do anything. We could, we could solve some of the biggest problems that are out there. Now, don't get me wrong. This last night, I took a Claritin D. Am I thankful for technology, advancement, and science? And e? Yes. I popped a Claritin D because my nose, I just I mowed the lawn. And, yes. I'm so thankful for Claritin D. Am I thankful for, the, to, for, for how it, uh, medicine and stuff has advanced and gotten better so that now I don't get you know, the chicken pox and, and this? Yes, I'm so thankful for that stuff. I'm so thankful that if I were to find out today that I have cancer, we'd, we'd go into a doctor's office and we'd be like, all right, let's put a plan together. Let's go attack this thing. Let's go figure it out. I don't know. That's fantastic. That's a blessing. That's a good thing. But as we begin to think about it, do we actually start to say, this is this is, this is it. See, what humanity starts to do, this you can even go see in Romans chapter 1, verse 23. What human, I don't have it on the screen. What humanity starts to do is we begin to worship the created stuff over the creator. That's what we do. We start to look away from the creator and we start to look to the created. And it even gets worse when we start to put our hands into the created and we're like, look what I created. Look what I can do and all this kind of stuff, which is even worse than Romans. Romans is actually talking about they're worshiping creatures that God made. They're worshiping and bowing down to like the, the sun and they're worshiping and bowing down to, to animals and stuff like that. That's really bad, right? All of us would be like, you, that's crazy. We make it worse when we start to worship the stuff that we have our hands in. And we elevate ourselves even. Listen to this quote. I, I, last week I talked, told you that Crazy Busy, this book by Kevin DeYoung, has been just a really helpful book for me. He has an entire chapter on technology and how technology has added to kind of our crazy busy lives. Listen to this quote that he says right here. He says, the biggest deception of our digital age may be the lie that says we can be omnicompetent, omni-informed, and omnipresent. We cannot be any of these things, he says. That's fascinating. But man, with this little guy in your pocket, isn't that how it feels? I can know it all. I can do it all. I can be it all. And we feel, we feel like, okay, maybe the iPhone 7 isn't quite there, but the iPhone 97 might just make mac and cheese. That's how it feels sometimes. And we're like, come on, baby, just get me that iPhone 97 or iPhone 15 or 7, wherever we'll be at in the next 20 years. And we think that's going to solve it. Here's the reality. Technology creates oftentimes other problems. I'm not even going to say more problems. Maybe some of you would be like, it creates even more problems. I don't know. It creates other problems. Other stuff comes out of it. Other stuff starts, we, okay, we got this, but now we got this. We got this, but now we got this. Sure, it's awesome going down the road at 100 miles an hour and getting you know, from work to work to work. That's great. How many people more a year die from driving down the road than 100 years ago? Right? I mean, I'm just talking basic kind of common sense stuff. We, we all are in agreement on this. The question is, is where do we begin to focus our attention? And can you see our culture subtly or sometimes not so subtly 
pushing these, this idea, and I'm not saying this is all super intentional, or something, but just it's coming out of the heart of humanity. That's pushing these things towards us to, think, to make you think. Look inside yourself. I've preached this so many times now, but this is what our culture is saying. Look inside yourself. Try to find some inner strength or something, and you just put, you, you stick it to the family. You stick it to everybody else. doesn't matter what our culture or world is. Nobody else matters but you. Believe in you. Believe in yourself. I'm amazed. I'm, I'm cautious here, but we have in, in uh, we rent this building. We rent this building. There's a sign in the men's bathroom that says, believe in yourself. I just kind of get a kick out of that. Just check it out sometime when you're taking a leak. Take a look at it sometime. It's just fascinating. And I would call it absolute donkey dung. Now that's not, I, actually, I, I could see how you're putting it, out, putting it out. I'm not saying anything about anybody that owns this place or anything like that. I'm just saying, what's being really said there? What's really being said? Believe in myself? I heard that from Arthur growing up. Right? I mean, I've, I've preached that. Believe in yourself, for that's the place to start. Okay, you've clearly never watched Arthur. I say, hey, hey, what a wonderful kind of day. We watched a lot of Arthur growing up. There's nothing wrong with necessarily watching Arthur. I'm just saying, what a, believe in yourself. You can do anything. You can be anything. And technology and, and our informational age that we live in now, how is that feeding some of these very same things? Because it's creating problems. This book uh, has been helpful for me, Flickering Pixels by a guy named Shane Hips. And I just have a couple quotes from here. Uh, he's, he's talking all about technology in here. Um, he says this, here's, here's just some of the problems he highlights that are, are, are potential problems and issues as we're looking. He, he says, for example, in one of his sections, he says, our age has seen the disappearance of childhood. Now, actually, a seven-year-old, eight-year-old can have the access to what adults only had had access to in the past. And so a seven-year-old kid can kind of just pick up their phone and now has access to just unlimited amounts of information and thought and videos. And you, I mean, it's just crazy. I'm not even seeing bad stuff. I'm not even talking all the bad stuff. That's all. I'm just talking just the reality of even childhood is beginning to just kind of like disappear. Play, you know, where does play fit into some of this stuff anymore? That's fascinating to me. That can, be a, that can actually be problematic, right? I'm not even talking Christianity yet. I'm just saying like that can be problematic. That is problematic potentially as we begin to value beauty, as we begin to value youth and staying alive forever, what, what reason is there for a kid to grow up? What incentive is there for a youth to actually want to grow up? If we continue to value these other things that are beauty and value, our young people, our age and all this kind of stuff, yeah, we're living in a very different time. It's not necessarily better. It's not necessarily worse. It's just we've got to know what's being coming our way. And we've got to know how to respond. And ultimately, we want to hear what God, how God would respond, right? Um, here's another quote. He says this. Digital space, uh, digital space has the extraordinary ability to create vast superficial social networks, but is ill-suited for generating intimate and meaningful human connection. Right? I mean, that's, a, that's pretty true. That sounds pretty right. 
And there's a lot of data on that kind of stuff. You can't just get to know somebody through technology. This is why, this is why um, as, as good as our online stuff is, awesome as our technology is for that, as much as we're going to continue to lean into that for the blessing of those of you when you're on vacation and all that kind of stuff, and you're sick and you're able to stay at home and watch, as much of a blessing that is, it falls short of, of true community. It just does. I'm not even talking Jesus yet. I'm just talking, I don't know what the word is, social sciences or something. Right? And so we've got to be mindful of the things that technology, technology when it's just kind of in a vacuum, not a bad thing at all, but technology as it begins to rub up against humanity and especially when it's rubbing up against humanity in the fall and especially when it's rubbing up against humanity as it's, as it's, not humble, as it doesn't understand its posture towards some of these things, it, it can lead to disaster. And so, sure, get an iPhone, that's fine. But, but are you thinking about it a little bit? Or are you just, yep, iPhone. Yep, next one I'm just going to get. Next one I just get. It's interesting, crazy busy. Uh, Kevin DeYoung, he actually suggests attempting as best as you can to use old technology. That's just a little tip. As a way to just try to kind of combat. Do we all have to become Amish tomorrow? You know, there might be something to be said about the Amish and how they actually live their lives. That, that might be something about that. And, and, and okay, fine. But I don't think we have to. I don't think we all have to become Amish. Because technology is a good thing. We can celebrate this stuff. You can thank God for whoever the heck made the iPhone. That's great. Jobs, right? Jobs, jobs. I'm thankful for that. But am I, am I thinking about it? And am I thinking about how it's impacting my life and how it's impacting my thinking as, I'm, as I think about how it's shaping me? Do I actually start to think that I'm all-knowing because I have access to Wikipedia? I think we do start to think that way. The medium itself, the medium itself as it's coming to us is shaping us. <clears throat> what I'm amazed about is God's humbling. When God starts to humble us, I think it's his mercy coming through. I think he's being merciful to us as he begins to humble us. It amazes me that as scientific as our world is, it amazes me that, um, that a disease can come through the world and us just like not know what to do. We don't know. And I'm thankful for those then that work and work and work and work and work and work, try to figure it all out. I'm amazed at how as scientific and as, as powerful of information that we know, we still don't understand how a little baby, you know, we got number five on the way, how a little baby's heart actually starts to beat. I mean, we know some of the stuff around that and why, you know, but we, like, what is it that like, like it goes from not and then Like there's so much we don't have a clue about. There's just so much we don't know. And that's okay because even in creation, God, and I've preached this, God has actually put limits around us. 
Limits aren't bad. It actually keeps us humble. It actually bows our heart to the Creator. It keeps a distinction between the created and the creator. Even in heaven someday, when you are fully perfect, the new creation, new heavens, new earth, fully perfect, there will be a distinction between you and God, the creator and the created. Even when you're perfect, there will be a distinction. There's just limits. That's not a bad thing. That's a fantastic thing. That's a gift. And we live in a culture that's basically saying there are no limits. You can do anything. You can be anything. I'd say that's problematic. You can take issue with that. That's fine. I'm okay with disagreement and stuff, but... New creations of technology will always bring up new problems. I really believe that. New creations of technology will be awesome and our lives will get better in, in some ways and it's gonna be awesome and someday we'll be flying in cars and someday we'll be on the moon, you know, hanging out at a, at a you know, whatever. It's gonna be great. The advances of technology, I'm excited about that. But they will also bring new problems that we'll have to deal with and figure out. Which is why, this is my third and last point, technology can never solve our most serious of issues, right? Technology can't speak to the, the deep problems in your life. Technology and this kind of positive attitude can't speak to this guy up here, and he, as he's talking on that, he can't speak to the death of our little baby. I can't conjure up enough niceties and enough like... Um, uh, positive feelings. I can't have you speak really nice stuff. No, 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 Seth, if you just put a better plan together. That, that, that will not help me in mourning the death of a little baby that died years ago. That doesn't help me at all. Zero. You can do anything. Well, I'd rather go back in time and have a little baby not die. I can't. <laughs> the human heart, our tendency to, to lust and hate and our tendency to, to, to get angry at stupid stuff and just be a better person. That doesn't help me at all. The niceties of do anything, be any, that doesn't help me in my deepest stuff. Death and decay, and, and I'm going to use the word sin. That's a churchy kind of word, but sin and brokenness of Seth's heart. My tendency to not love my wife like I should, or my tendency to, 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 to be quick to, to, to be frustrated with my kids, or to not be the kind of friend that I would want to be, actually. I mean, that's just always been there. And it's going to continue to be there into the future. No iPhone 97 is going to fix that. As we work towards peace and love and as humanity, that's a good thing. We should work for those things. I pray for those things. Do I actually believe there's going to be a time when the world is completely at peace and harmony and all apart from Christ? No. 
I think there's always going to be crazies with fingers on buttons and hate and want to take over and do stuff and work things and be defensive. Yes, I think that's always going to be there until Christ returns. When, like we sang that song, every knee will bow. Humility, we will be humbled. We will bow. Every one of us on the whole planet will bow before the creator and we will, we will know our place. And we can either start bowing today or we'll do it at that time. And we can start today. That's the blessing. We can start bowing in humility to the creator and recognize, I trust in you. I, I follow you. You're my God. You're my king. You've created me. You allow me to, to be in technology and let that be a blessing and a gift. Yes, that's fantastic. I'm amazed. I'm amazed at how our God saves us. I'm amazed at how our God saves us, for example, not by doing some amazing thing like feet or something, but by actually going to a cross and physically shedding his blood. Like, there's no technology there. There's no technological advancement. It's our God going to a cross and allowing himself to bleed and die taking your sin and my sin and my brokenness upon himself. And listen, you might think, if, you know, if, if you're not a Christian or something, you might think, that sounds cuckoo, that sounds weird. Here's the deal. If you actually stop and think about the Christian worldview, it presents the best worldview to answer the world's reality. Go find a different worldview that answers those questions better and oh, let's have a conversation. But a God who comes and dies, it's interesting. Corinthians talks about this. Corinthians says, the world will look at that and say foolishness, but we actually say the power of God. It is kind of foolish looking, but we'd say it's actually the power of God. God saving the world, saving you and me in my deepest of the, the, the kind of place in your life where it only kind of comes up at about, at about 11.30 p.m. when you're laying in bed at night. See, the kind of time when you're just laying there and you're really thinking the deep thoughts that have been given to you by God, it's in that moment that we can start to think, God, you actually, you care about me. You created me and you've even redeemed me through your blood on the cross. You've even defeated death. Our little baby that was lost, the only thing that ever gave me any comfort or hope in that, nothing else, nothing Jackie said, nothing gave me hope or comfort except for, and I've preached this before, the resurrection of Jesus. That's it. The fact Jesus rose from the dead is my only comfort and my only peace in the midst of death. That's it. Think of something else that would give you a little bit of comfort or peace. Nothing will. It'll all fall short. Nice it is, oh, they turned into a tree. Oh, you know, maybe they're floating around somewhere. That doesn't bring any comfort or peace. The resurrection of the dead. Christ rising from the dead, defeating death. That's a truism. That's a reality that actually is like, true brings me hope and peace and comfort. The death of Jesus on the cross, the resurrection from the dead. Um, the fact that he will return one day in the flesh as a, in the flesh newly created Christ 
he already is in, in his resurrection. As he returns, um, these are the things that speak to the deepest issues of our heart. Technology will never get there, ever. It'll always fall short. Let's keep that in mind. Let's keep humble. Let's remain humble before the creator. Let's keep having fun with technology and yep, that's great. But let's remember it always will fall short of the greatest stuff. And it's actually just gonna create other problems that we'll have to continue to deal with and work with. Let's pray. Lord, I don't know who needed to hear that message. I think I probably did more than anybody because I kind of grow to love my little iPhone and stuff, Lord. I know that. I'm amazed at how easy it is for that thing to, to even create some of the problems it can create in my life. And so whether it be just taking time away from family or getting us into this kind of low of like work. I think of me, God, just my struggle with oftentimes work and family blending so much together because of technology. I know that's a lot of people in this room too. They, they, don't, they actually bring work home and they take home to work and you know, it's all blended now. So technology, you know, it's, it's awesome, but man, it's also a struggle Lord for us. And it's why I think it's worthy of a, it's a, almost like it's whole own message. Because God, we have so much in front of us that seems to line up with this idea that, oh man, we can do anything. We can be anything. Jesus, I know I want to be who you want me to be. Jesus, I know I want my life to look more like how you want it to look. Jesus, I know I want to be humble before you and already be bowing my heart to you. And so even now, Jesus, I just want to take a minute to bow our heart to you. Maybe not on our physical knees or something like that, although that'd be cool, but, but just even our hearts bowing to you. You are God. We are not. <laughs> Thank you that you've made us. Thank you that you allow us to be part of creating other stuff. You actually, your imageness on us allows us to be creatures that create thank you for that that's so fun that's so fun but I do pray God that you would help us to filter out filter out the kinds of messages that we hear where there's maybe this little glimmer of truth or this little you know okay it's not like terrible or something fine but help us to filter out the crud that's with it we would be humble. And God, I pray, and this is the hardest, this is one of the hardest prayers I pray for myself, I know. But God, when I'm not humble, and when I start to focus in on the created stuff of this world, I do pray that you would humble me. I don't like praying that, God. I pray that I could stay humble without you having to humble me. <laughs> we all kind of want that. But man, it just matters too much. So if I need to be humbled, in something, humble me. If this church needs to be humbled in something, God, humble them. Please do that. It just matters too much. It just matters too much. Nothing in technology, nothing in this world will ever be able to solve the kinds of problems you can solve. 
Thank you that you've defeated sin on the cross. Thank you that you've defeated death in your resurrection. Thank you that one day in your return, death itself will be swallowed up forever and ever. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Give us wisdom and discernment on these things, God. I think I, I, I'm kind of just quickly saying this prayer for families. Help us to know how to talk to our kids about some of this. I know we need help, me and Jacqueline, Lord. Help us with how to speak these truths to our kids, to speak biblical, the, the, the truths of reality to our kids. Letting them know, sure, you, yeah, you can be a truck driver if you want. You want to be a doctor? Cool, cool, yeah, great. But then to, to be speaking where some stuff is just wacky today. Help us with that, Lord. And thank you that you do help us. In Jesus' name, amen.